everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My guest today is Kathy Caton Razzini. I hope I said it right. Back by popular demand. <laughs> She's the author of the wonderful book, Love the Foods That Love You Back. And please welcome her back to the show. It's nice to see you again. You're actually going to be cooking today. Yes, today I'm going to do a demo and... Uh... Here's my book. I'm going to just put it out of the way so it doesn't get all soggy. Um, so I remember yeah. last time you yeah. came on, the book came out, but you weren't able to do a demo because your kitchen was being remodeled. Indeed. This is my new kitchen, everybody. It's my pride and joy, and it's been such a, a delight. My husband, Giordano, did most of the work, and it's got all sorts of bells and whistles, and it's it's just been exciting to cook in. So. Well, it looks uh, beautiful. Yeah, thanks. So I'm, I'm happy to... Uh, cook for you all today. So I thought, given the kind of summer we're having in so much of the country where people are just baking, baking, baking with uh, under the heat domes and misery, that I would do um, a refreshing, not heating up your kitchen too much uh, recipe uh, to give some folks relief. And this is great uh, for a light supper. You can you know, put a couple other things together with it if you want. Or it's wonderful party food as uh, it was actually, I call it uh, summer vegetables take a dip because we're going to be making a tasty plant-based, super healthy mayonnaise and uh, and using it as a dip for all sorts of uh, vegetables, some raw vegetables and, um, and some blanched vegetables. And I'll be demonstrating how to blanch these vegetables uh, for you as well so that you can see how easy it is. And it's great way to, you know, minimally cook your um, vegetables and, and get that crunchy, crisp texture, which is so desirable that uh, restaurants do, but many folks at home don't know how to do. Is it, um, uh, is, yeah, so I was going to say, because like normally when you go to like an Asian restaurant, isn't isn't blanching what they do? Isn't that what makes it so like beautiful yep, in color? Yep. And... So it, it tastes cooked and yet there's that little bit of crispness around it. And uh, and so that's what we're going to be doing. And it's a great way. And it takes only minutes for most vegetables. Some take a little longer, but a lot quicker than steaming and, and boiling. And, and so it's... Uh, yeah, it's a good way to go, especially for tender summer veggies. So, so let's get started. I think I'll start with the mayonnaise. And this is such a versatile recipe. Um, this recipe is in the cookbook, by the way, um, and with lots of variations. Uh, there are some variations um, that are in the cookbook. I'm going to do something um, today, just a little tweak to it. Uh, just to give you an idea of uh, a different way that we can go. But we're starting with silken tofu. Just um, drain your package. This is a typical 14 ounce package of uh, silken tofu. Um, you can also use soft tofu if you prefer the Chinese uh, version of uh, a custardy. It's a little bit denser, a little bit thicker, but wonderful, works well. And uh, then we're gonna be adding a little bit of granulated garlic. You could also use powdered. It's just ground a little more finely. Some nutritional yeast. We have uh, granulated onion. This is two tablespoons. And uh, some Dijon mustard. And, you know, make this recipe once and 
taste it, and then you know you'll know how and if you'd like to tweak it in any way to suit your own taste. Some people, you know, may like a, a little more sharpness, sometimes a little less Dijon, perhaps, or more lemon juice. You know, um, here's a little shiro, the mild white miso paste. We're going to be using that instead of any kind of salt. Um, let's see, we have a little white pepper. And for the uh, little bit of acids that go in here, I have some apple cider vinegar, unseasoned rice uh, vinegar is awfully nice uh, as an alternative. And I have uh, lemon juice. So this is typically what you want, just a very plain, unadulterated uh, mayonnaise that you would spread on your sandwiches and so forth or use for a tuna-ish uh, salad or an eggless egg salad or a, a crabless crab meat salad, you know, all the plant-based wonderful variations that we do when we play with our food. Um, you would start here. You know what? I have my, my cover for this. Hang on a second. I forgot to take it out. Let me just, ah, I have to move this slightly to get to it. Oh my goodness. One second. Sorry about this. There it is. Kathy, when you blanch your vegetables, it's just in boiling water, right? Say again. When I when you blanch your vegetables, are you just doing it in boiling water? Yes. Just just a big pot of boiling water. And the trick to blanching is you want to, you know, boil those vegetables. It could be a minute, sometimes 30 seconds, sometimes a couple of minutes. It's relatively quick. Uh, and then you want to plunge it, and I'll show you how to do that, just in ice water or as cold water as you can manage. Keep the water cold. That will halt the cooking, and it brightens the colors, and it just, you know, crisps up the texture. So that's the secret to all there is. In restaurants, Kathy, Kathy, do you think when restaurants blanch, they also put oil and salt in the water, or you don't know for sure? I would imagine many of them do salt the water. Yeah. I yeah, I think that's probably very common because... Let's face it, that's the common practice in most restaurants everywhere, but not here. Um, the variation that I'm going to do with this before I mix it up is I'm going to add greens. We're going to increase the polyphenols and the, the change the taste a little bit by adding uh, dill. Uh, and I also have watercress and arugula because um, I just personally love those peppery, but, you know, greens. Uh, and, and as a dipping sauce, especially. So I just have, you know, no particular measured amount. Um, we're gonna do this actually by color. If you, um, let's see what color it turns the mayonnaise. You could always add more or add less and we'll taste it and see if we need to do any adjustments. And that's always the key to what you wanna do in your, whenever you're making anything is just taste as you go because you can correct things along the way and fine tune them. Okay, so I'm gonna be quiet for a minute because you may not hear it, but it's gonna be noisy here as I just run this for about a minute. Yeah, well, luckily Zoom blocks it because I can't hear it. Can you guys hear it? How are you doing, by the way? You wanna know who's on the show the rest of the week? Well, let me tell you. So tomorrow is Maxime. I don't know if you remember him. He's the very handsome fitness guy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a PowerPoint this time. And on Saturday, the show will be at 9 a.m., August 26th. Dr. Shayla Toombs with her. She's going to be talking about the health trifecta. 
And then on the 27th, the regular showtime of Chef Kelly Williamson, mm. Chef I'm Kelly. I'm going to stop it just to scrape down the sides because I can see that the miso is adhering here and, and maybe the nutritional yeast. Let me just make sure. Which blender are you using? So this is, I love this little blender. It's, it's really does just about everything I needed to. It's, um, it's a Breville. Oh, and it's a, it's a little one. It's, uh, oh gosh, I forget what they call it. It has a, it has a funny name. It's like fast and furious or, you know, I mean, it's, it's got some sort of goofy name, but it's, um, they make a couple of blenders and they're, they're smaller than a Vitamix, you know, um, Maybe they they actually this has wonderful settings. It has settings for smoothies and crushing ice and all sorts of things and several different uh, settings for different uh, chopping all the way to liquefying. So you know I it's it's been great. It's like one of my favorite little uh, appliances. So I'm gonna do this one more, just a couple of more seconds. I think that's really all we need. So let's see. I'm going to taste it and just see if it, if it needs, you know, sometimes people want more. Um, I mean, there's so many variations you can do with this. You can make a, a tartar sauce. You can make a Russian dressing. You know, you could make um, uh, a hollandaise sorts of uh, mayonnaise. We just you lessen the, uh, the the Dijon a little bit and uh, maybe play up a, a little a little cayenne, a, a little more lemon. I mean, you, you just little tweaks and you can make and, and serve it warm instead of cold and you've got sort of a hollandaise. Hmm. It's, it's it never, you can't fail. It's just, it's pretty foolproof. It's good, it's really good. So I'm gonna leave it just like this. And I'm going to just uh, put it in our serving bowl. And, you know, if I were making this for company or for, you know, just for ourselves, even if I make it in advance, uh, I would keep it in the fridge. It will keep for about five days, like most most plant-based things. Uh, once once uh, the tofu is, is you, you played with it. Um, and it will continue to thicken a little bit in the refrigerator, even though it's got a nice density already right right off the uh, the blender here. So let's just move this out of the way, get rid of this machine, and I'm going to turn up my heat. So, and I'll tell you what what I thought we we put together for a platter, which could be our supper. Probably will be our supper tonight, but could be your supper too. Um, Did you go to culinary school? Did I go to culinary school? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what I did? I did the Ruby plant-based professional program. Oh. Uh, but, and that helped uh, a lot. That filled in a lot of gaps that I had uh, in my background. I think another wonderful, lucky, just fortuitous experience that I had was um, my husband is from Florence, Italy, and we met over there and we lived over there for several years. So living in a different country, living in a culinary country like Italy was was really a great 
uh, training ground for just, there's such a culture around food there. It's such a passion and an obsession with families that, you know, every, every, uh, every, um, every family's kitchen is like the heart, the heart of their, their home and where everybody congregates. And uh, no matter what age you are, kids is to all the way up. Uh, people are always talking about what they had for dinner the night before, what they're going to have for dinner the night, <laughs> the day after and swapping. Uh, and there are wonderful uh, swapping recipes and there are wonderful traditional dishes that are hundreds of years old that are still revered. So it's it was that was a, a terrific experience also just spending any time. And there are many other countries where there's a rich, you know, Turkey and Morocco and, and uh, India. And, yeah, I mean, you can Japan. Um, and so many European countries where, uh, you know, we're such an amalgam of so many different countries and we have so much processed foods to contend with. Um, we're at a deficit. So so I'm hoping our plant-based movement can really give rise to, to a culture around cooking and get people back in the kitchen where health begins and, um, you know, emotional well-being and, and physical well-being. So that's, that's my mission. Nice. All right. Let's see. So we are, we're going to be doing, let's see if I'll, uh, I'm going to bring these forward. So let me introduce you to this wonderful vegetable because I, I chose it because it's one of my favorites and uh, some folks may not be familiar with it. It's a type of cauliflower. It's an Asian cauliflower. It's called a uh, flowering cauliflower, uh, San Hua. And it's a little bit different than our conventional European cauliflowers. It's got a much looser head. The texture is much more tender and it's sweeter. It's just got a milder uh, taste and it's just glorious. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna blanch some of this, but I'm gonna start with something else. And while it's cooking. It almost uh, looks like a regular head of cauliflower just kind of got smushed. Yeah, it's just, but you'll see when it cooks, the stems are, are a lovely jade green. And when you eat it, it's, it's texture is, um, it's just different. It's, uh, it's so I you can find it in any Asian um, grocery store. So uh, an East Asian, you know, um, Japanese, Chinese, Thai, Vietnamese. You know, it depends what kind of uh, ethnicities surround wherever you live. But if you're lucky enough to be a, near an ethnic market, this is very common, and it's in a lot of countries partake. Um, Okay, I'm gonna put in asparagus. We're just gonna cook these literally for probably a minute. And then I'm gonna try, I'm gonna, my handy little egg timer here, it's ancient. Um, as, I, as I break this one down, and we're, we're not gonna cook all of this for this platter, but I'm gonna do some because it's just so much fun to eat. It's great in stir fries, as you can imagine, and you know, platters and salads and, and, and what's, it, what's it called again, Kathy? And you can find it anywhere. You you find it as Asian cauliflower, and um, but the formal name is San Hua S A N H U A, and uh, and I've heard it referred to as flat. Maybe that's what it translates as. I'm not sure as flowering cauliflower. Just so poetic. Okay, I'm just gonna bring this back to a boil a little bit. Let's see, let's get a couple more of these fellas. 
What else should I take? These are all big, big, big. Okay. So it barely came back to a boil. And it may not be ready, but you really don't want to overcook your asparagus. You don't want them limp. You want them crisp, but just not raw, raw. So what I do is I just taste a little of the stem. And they're done. And that's all a minute. So really, really very fast. But yeah, it takes a while for the for that much water to boil, doesn't it? Um, well, I had started this and, you know, just... I didn't want you to have to wait for the pot to boil, so I had it on a low, low simmer. But no, you know, five minutes maybe. Um, sometimes I start with hot water if I know I'm just going to be uh, doing this sort of thing, and it doesn't it doesn't take too long. So I have some um, ice water here, cold water, and kind uh, of back to a boil. So let me just. Uh, I'll do these guys now. Just want to, you know, you want to cut your pieces relatively uniformly. And also, they don't have to be exactly bite sized, but you don't want them, you know, huge hunks. So in they go. And of course, by the time, if you're going to be blanching a lot of uh, vegetables, then your water is really like a pot liquor, you know, at the end of it, it's it's very colorful and, you know, some nutrients have leached into there. And so you can repurpose it, use it uh, when you're deglazing a pan, uh, when, you know, you're sauteing or stir frying. Uh, just, uh, you know, I mean, you can use a lot of different liquids, but you certainly can use something like the liquid that will be residual in this pot when we're all done. So. Let's try to repurpose everything we can and waste waste as little as possible. All right, let me just, I'm sorry for turning my back on everybody here. I'm just gonna drain this water a little bit. I have one of those things that go in the pot. You know, those things that go in the pot that have all the holes in it, the insert? That's what I blanch in. You know what I'm talking about? You lift it up and down. Oh yeah, so like a pasta maker, a yeah. pasta cooker. Yes, you certainly can do that if uh, if you have one of those. That would work beautifully. Okay. Uh, let me. I didn't set the time, but I'm sure we've gone another minute. So let me put it just for another minute, and then I'll say, yeah, this might take a minute more than the asparagus are very fast. Um, Let's just drain these. Yeah, so it's sort of like an assembly line. You want to get things out of the way because when this is ready to come out, that will go in the water and we'll we'll do the next vegetable. So um, give that another minute. And I think what I'll do next is I have some sugar snap peas. So we'll do the flour and cauliflower. I have some broccolini. I have the asparagus. Um, these sugar snaps. And uh, I have some carrots. Carrots are wonderful raw, of course. A, a lot of these vegetables you could do either way. But sometimes, and it's good to do a mix of raw and cook. And the more I read about um, 
I mean, there are advantages, even with cruciferous vegetables, you know, all the sulforaphane and the raw broccoli that's so important and so forth. Um, but we are, we did use yo, uh, Dijon mustard in, in this mayonnaise. So we're gonna have a little sulforaphane just from that. Um, but sometimes a little bit of cooking actually helps the bioavailability of, uh, of different vegetables. And I think Dr. Greger just came out with a video about cruciferous vegetables. Um, you know, certain, oh, come on, oh my goodness, being more advantageous uh, with cooking. I mean, there were advantages to both different things. One was cancer prevention and the other was longevity or telomere lengthening. Mm, these are done. All right. Let's see. I also, this will speed things up a little bit. Yeah, so they're so beautiful with their their green stems and their yellow and white heads. You ever fall in love with a particular type of vegetable? <laughs> well, I love Brussels sprouts. Oh, well, they are the... Some of the best for you. What's your favorite way to cook them? Believe it or not, I, well, I even microwave, but, but here's the thing. I like the baby ones better than the grown up ones. I don't know if you've yes, had, they, they, because any bitterness they have or that weird smell that people complain about in the little tiny ones, they don't. So I love to air fry them and glaze them with balsamic vinegar and Dijon mustard. That sounds really nice. Yeah. But honestly, I love them so much. I'll just microwave them too. I mean, if, if that's all that's available, but you know, and I didn't eat them for like the first 50 years of my life because they never were prepared properly. I think they've gotten, I think they've gotten, they've changed, they've changed actually, you know, the vegetable itself has evolved agriculturally. I think it is less intense than it used to be a little bit, um, because you're you're not alone. I think it, it's uh it's it used to be a much stronger vegetable, um, and hard for people to, uh, you know, some people to get excited about because it's a bit of a an adjustment. Okay. What's your favorite vegetable? Well, right now I have to say these guys, <laughs> just because it's 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 fairly new. See how they um the color the color is a little bit different than a regular cauliflower. It doesn't have a white stem. It has this beautiful green stem and it's so tender and uh, tasty. It has a slightly different flavor profile. So, you know, I don't always play favorites and I'm a little fickle. like I'm going to fall in love with whatever my latest thing is, but I'm enjoying this right now. Let's see. Let me get these out because these fellows, I bet, are done already. Oops. These take no time. I mean, you can eat these raw for sure, but um, but they're actually, I'll give them another another little teeny bit. Sometimes these have strings. If they do, you want to destring them, but these don't seem to. Just give them another 30 seconds or so. Um, carrots, you can go either way. Of course, we, we always have raw carrots and uh, I certainly could, but um, the blanched, I wonder if they'll fit in here. There might be a little, some of these, uh, maybe I'll leave some of them raw and some of them 
I'll do the baby ones, I'll just blanch them because they'll fit in the pot. <laughs> Okay, let's. Uh. I hear you might be writing another book. Say again. I hear you might be writing another book. Yes, yes, this is very exciting. Um, thanks for asking. Um, yes, I've had a, uh, there seems to be interest in a, in another cookbook, uh, instead of love the foods that love you back, it will have, um, it will be this, you know, very healthy, uh, plant-based recipes, of course, globe with a global focus with, uh, recipes, uh, from all over the world and a, a lot of uh, easy recipes also, you know, and fun recipes and, and mocktails and starters and party food. Um, but this book has a, an environmental focus. So the purpose of this book is to, to educate people about how dramatically we can lower our, um, our individual carbon footprint and uh, by eating very low on the food chain uh, in this plant-based way. And so it's an educational, uh, purpose as well because they're there because our planet is is feverish it's burning up and it needs all the help we can give it and um, and it's one way for people can really have an enormous impact in fact it might be the most impactful thing you can do is to change the foods you eat um, you know we used to think it was buying locally or you know the what kind of vehicle you drive or not driving and you know all these things matter but um but your your food is uh, is is particularly in, you know more and more research is coming out and indicating how absolutely impactful it is. So so that will be the focus of it. How long have you been following a plant based diet, and what was the reason that you adopted one? Uh, so this is my tenth anniversary. I guess I can nice. say. And um, yeah, in two thousand thirteen. Um, it was a health issue that uh, initially woke us up. Um, Giordano had a health scare. It turned out he had a blockage in one of his arteries, his subclavian artery. It wasn't a coronary artery, but it was, you know, an important artery that feeds the carotids. And um, and he had an enormous blockage of of plaque, and then he had a surgery that kind of went sideways and was very scary and he almost didn't survive it. And uh, when we got home, we started searching for anything we could do because atherosclerosis, which now we knew he had, uh, is a progressive degenerative disease like so many chronic illnesses. And that's when we discovered this whole world of uh, wonderful plant-based physicians who had been uh, working so diligently to educate us all on the impact of our diet. And, you know, we were physically fit. We were vegetarian for 30 years, um, but uh, but we needed to go a lot farther. And and so we went, bloop, and, uh, you know, went back to school and got, you know, more formal training and um, did the, the, the T. Colin Campbell plant-based nutrition program and the physicians committee, you know, trip food for life training and, you know, the, 
the route that many people do, because I thought if I could help prevent people go through the nightmare that we went through, it would be it would be really, you know, worth it and uh, help people before they they make the mistakes unknowingly that so many of us do. So how about you? I know you you have a, a long history as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, four, 46 years in, uh, wow. actually in about, let's see, today's a, in about a week, actually, I'll be 46 years. That's so amazing and wonderful. Happy anniversary. Thank you. I'm the vegan OG. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's... Uh... It's been it's been a wonderful journey for us, and we've had so many other niggling little problems, you know, evaporate once, like so many other people did, that we didn't even realize were related to, you know, diet. Um, it just is. It almost resets your biological clock. Um, so just so wonderful, and the fact that it's wonderful for the planet too. It's just it's such a win win for you know on all fronts. Where so, do you live? Is there a large plant-based community there? Uh, you know, where I live, it's sort of suburban rural. You know, it's it's uh, we're about an hour and a half north of New York City, and um, you know, there are some smaller Connecticut cities, but not right where I am. There are there are a lot of individuals. Um, all the time, you know, that are moving in this direction. I don't know if they, you know, it's not like New York City or Boston or, you know, LA or San Francisco or, you know, all the major metros that are where you really have a, a population mass. But um, here we're little pockets spread out, you know, so it's, we're a little dispersed geographically. So it's, it's harder to get together. So virtual things like this are really helpful. Just so people, we can learn from one another. Um, okay, so this is, believe it or not, I think the last vegetable to cook. And once that's done, I'm going to use my little micro plane and uh, share some watermelon radish for anybody that's not familiar with it. We're gonna shave some of that and then we'll, we'll make a pretty platter and uh, see how that looks for, for dinner. Yeah, watermelon radish is so pretty. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. The one I have is looks so, I didn't have a big choice. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a big pink radish. Usually they're, you know, got a green exterior. It's called watermelon because they're, it's kind of got a green rind like a watermelon. And then it gets progressively redder on the inside if it's ripe. Or, or mature enough, but this one is already pretty ripe. So I am expecting this will look like a, a purple daikon only pink, you know, just be colored all the way through. Okay, so let's see. So this is the, the sort of the consistency of our um, asparagus. You don't want them so that they're, you know, they're just completely droopy. You you want them to have body still, but not be stiff. It's a little in between, you know, a little a little flexibility. You know, you know what cracks me up is like if you go to a restaurant, a serving of asparagus is like three spears. I mean, oh, I know. it's just ridiculous. I know it's really hard to 
to get your veggies. I know that there's a, um, there. I don't know if you heard about this, there's legislation, hmm, Mr. Dumb, by a congressman whose last name, a Massachusetts congressman, his last name is um, McGovern, I believe, who's just proposed um, changes to the USDA and uh, an investment in plant-based products and hopefully plant, you know, not just processed foods, hopefully vegetables and fruits and whole grains and beans. Um, but uh, anyway, that's that's sort of going through Congress right now. And that would be, that would have such an enormous, finally, finally, something that uh, Dr. Campbell had been advocating forever. And maybe, maybe this will be the year that certain things you know, because of climate, uh, maybe that will be the final impetus to to really change how we how we subsidize farmers and the kind of produce and the and the cost point uh, in grocery stores. That uh, you know, it's just to make things much more affordable, so that it's plants are the default foods that we turn to before we turn to processed foods or anything else. You know, that that would be tremendous. See if I can. Is there a little? Oops. So you're, do you have a children or other family members that joined you when you became vegan? Or you know, it's so interesting, not right away. I ha I'm happy to say that our our son Lorenzo is, and all his friends, or at least a lot of his friends, are plant based, and you know, just eating more and more this way for for the planet and for their health. So it's you know, I think the Gen Z and Gen X is just uh, much much more ahead of the game than uh, than our generation. So I'm really happy to see that. Um, my extended family, I'd say initially no, but as people have confronted their own, um, unfortunately, it's oftentimes uh, human nature that we are reactive and not proactive. And so I do have um, several relatives that are that have shifted what they're eating because they they've you know run into a health, crisis of their own and and this was uh, so they're on their own journeys but they're they're including more and more of these foods and excluding you know the more inflammatory uh animal products and processed foods that um you know contributed to their problem so how about you you oh my kidding everybody in my family died because they didn't want to eat right pretty much one sister left yeah nobody Nobody was interested in my family. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's so disappointing. You think, you know, by your own example, I mean, Giordano's like, you know, all of us have just been rejuvenated by eating this way. And um, and everybody's family history has issues. I mean, I don't care what you're, I mean, there's the rare 2% of people that, that escape it, but, you know, most everybody because of the environment, because of uh, our diet, because of our sedentary lifestyle, whatever, um, we uh, 
you know, we're exposed to all these horrible degenerative diseases. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's just human nature. People change when they have to, unless they are really motivated by an issue like, like animal suffering or, or, you know, the planet warming, um, that might override their, their habits. But, um, otherwise it's, 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 it's very personal. It means, you know, when you, when you're in the hospital or you're facing a, a diagnosis, then, then people shift, but sometimes that's not in time or not, or, or it comes at a cost anyway, unfortunately, I know it's heartbreaking. Um, all right. I, don't know if this is, we're going to try a couple of slices and see how thick this is. Oh, this is good. I must have made a radish last time I used this. So this is my, you know, my um, mandolin, nothing fancy. And I uh, just want to be careful of your fingers because these blades are super duper sharp. Um, but, you know, these radishes are wonderful. This is the, I can't believe this is a watermelon radish. This must be a, a daikon. This must be just like a pink daikon because I've never seen a watermelon like this, but no matter, it's colorful and beautiful. And I just wanted some of it to go into this, uh, into this dish. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty. I yeah, think, really I think that, I think the pull of, uh, I think certain foods for certain people are just so addictive and that's why they can't make the switch. Yeah, sad, it, it is true. And it's, it's so insidious because they're designed that way. Um, yeah, I have had clients that were, you know, had dreadful health issues and uh, sometimes they got on board and, you know, even in, in, in a fairly advanced age, really, you know, went all the way. And then there were other people younger sometimes that uh, just uh, couldn't give up their their favorite dishes, their fried this or their, you know, their, I mean, I, I don't want to get too specific because I don't want to identify anybody, but, you know, they just weren't, weren't able or willing to make that. Uh, it's not even a sacrifice because once you, once you really clean up your diet, you start feeling so much better. The you know, as you know, the the older foods just lose their appeal. I mean, they don't make you feel good if you do eat them. And, and um, uh, you know, so it's not even a difficult choice to make. It's just the transition takes a little bit of time to, um, to habituate, you know, your, your palate to habituate. And, uh, and, and then I think it's also a matter of personality. Some personalities just have a very hard time doing anything different than their their peers you know and they don't want to be the first one to do this or that or be different and that's yeah sometimes that's that's a challenge too all right let's let's see what we have so here are some of my raw vegetables that we're going to be just doing um i have some lovely radicchio so i'm just such a fan of of these interesting vegetables that you know, a little peppery, a little, a little exciting. If you've never had radicchio, it's it's lovely. At least I like it. So I'm just going to put some of that down on the bottom. It's fun to stuff things in radicchio and in dive. Yeah, and then these are perfect for scooping. Um, so here's my my endive. 
I haven't had Den Dive in a long time, so I'm very excited to. How, Kathy, how long did it take you to write your book? Um, well, you know, it's funny. It's I had so many recipes, you know, uh, and, and there are a lot of recipes on my website, by the way, you know, that aren't in the book. Because once they're in the book, and with this new book, they'll be coming off my my uh, my website as well. But as I develop new recipes, first they they go on my website or on social media, and um, so that's hard to say. The first book, I think I had accumulated um, quite a few, but still, it was a good six months of like full time work um, to to reshoot certain photos, to tweak the recipes, to, to do a bunch of new recipes. So eight months, six months to eight, eight months, you know, something like that. And there's, you know, the forward and, and all the text that you also end up writing. So that takes some time and, and uh, research as well. So yeah, I, I'd say, I'd say something along those lines. Uh, where am I? Where did I put the, uh, oh, here they are. So I'm just going to. So there are a couple of uh, traditional Italian res uh, recipes that really inspired me to do is, you know, just think of doing a dish like this. Um, one was when we, we used to live in, in Florence, um, there's a spring recipe called, I, I don't know if it's a, outside of Tuscany or if it's just Tuscany, it's called Pinsimonia. Pinsimonia. And that's just a plate of, it's, a, of, uh, it's like a, a primo piatto, an appetizer, a first course, um, with a whole array of spring and early summer vegetables. They have these beautiful artichokes that maybe in California you have, because artichokes were wild in California, I know. Um, but I have now, where we are, you certainly can't find them. They're, um, they're called violetti and they're, they, they don't have the globe um, structure. They're narrow and tall, like a little cypress tree. You know, they come to a point and they're, they're elongated and they're very tiny and they're very tender. And so those would go onto a platter like this. The dip would not be a healthy mayonnaise like, like this one. The dip there traditionally is um, a good quality olive oil that's very peppery and uh, with added salt and peppers. So nothing, nothing we really want to be doing now, but that's, but they did certainly eat a lot of vegetables. Um, with Pinsimonio. And uh, and also in another part of Italy, there's a, another, a little bit similar tradition. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a, a dish called bagna calda. I haven't, what is that? So bagna calda is, uh, it sort of means hot bath. It's a similar dish where there's a plate full of raw, mostly raw vegetables. Sometimes there's a cooked onion, um, but it's mostly raw vegetables. And um, and it's dipped in a, 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 a heat, it's almost like a fondue, a hot um, pot of, uh, of a dip that's made with, let's see, it's usually made with, with a lot of, a head of garlic, a lot of anchovy and uh, milk of all things. 
sometimes water, but often milk. And, and I think that's pretty much it. And I don't, and pepper, perhaps, I don't know what other seasonings go in there, but that's, uh, that's, that's another way to get your raw vegetables, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, a whole plate full of uh, vegetables that uh, at least that, you know, is a good thing to be doing. Um, so that, that's what got me thinking. And there, there are wonderful summer recipes there, you know, to keep, keep things cool. You can make this in advance and, um, and uh, or, you know, have it as a as a, a platter at a party or for family, you know, get-togethers or a first course that you can share at the table if you have guests over. So just or for us, you know, we'll make a dinner of this, you know, maybe with some edamame or um, a little, a little uh, I don't know if we uh, have something more than this, but maybe edamame or some sourdough bread or, you know, crackers. We'll, we'll see. See when dinner time rolls around, but it's, it's so, you know, it's all the colors. I'm going to hold this up. Oh, you can't even see what I'm doing. <laughs> Hang on. This is silly. Let me move some of this. I didn't realize it was out of the school. Wow, that, did you, that is beautiful. Where did you learn to style food like that? Oh, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just working with color. Um, and so I have so many other things that I, I'd like to add. I have these adorable baby cukes that I, I happen to see. And if you're lucky, you know, at your farmer's markets, um, if you happen to, you know, I, I wasn't able to find any for today, but I've seen, you know, miniature zucchinis and yellow squashes, just, you know, an inch or two tall. And they would be lovely in this dish. And it, it wouldn't be classic without some finocchio, some fennel. Um, which Have is... you ever grilled fennel, Kathy? It's so good. Grilled or air fried. Oh, that does sound wonderful. It changes it completely. It kind of tastes like good and plenty, the candy, the licorice. Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> I can imagine because it's, it's got anise in it, right? So, I mean, that's the flavor. It's a very mild, you know, anise sort of uh, flavor. So, um, not as strong, but yeah, I, I bet grilled or air fried is, would be just delectable. So I'm going to have some of that because I really like it and it's, it's, uh, I just have a feeling fennel, fennel is, it's so cleansing for the body. It's something we don't, people don't know fennel, but they should because it's really glorious. And then I have, you know, it doesn't have to just be vegetables. Um, you can, you can put certain fruits in your, your platter as well, and they'd be delicious, uh, even with this mayonnaise dip. Uh, you know, we often have fruits in our salads. We just don't think about it. You know, apples are come to mind mostly. And I don't know if you've seen these in the markets here. This is a new arrival for us. It's a um, it's a cherry plum, and they are just unbelievably delicious. So, and they're so cute. So I'm gonna just I've just pitted them, and I'm just gonna put several here as well. When you're done, do you think you can email me or text me a photo of that so I can make the thumbnail? Oh, absolutely. Beautiful. Yep. Let's see. And we're almost done. And I have, 
I mean, I'm going to run out of room. I think I probably did too many things. I didn't even, <laughs> I have all these vegetables I haven't done yet, but I'll just, I'll try. I don't want them overcrowded, but I'll just put a couple of asparagus. Uh, and this could make, you know, you saw how quick it was to blanch these vegetables. I mean, it doesn't take long to, um, to, to pull together a dinner like this. You, you really can do it in no time at all. And it doesn't heat up the kitchen too much because it's, it's, um, you know, it's so fast to, uh, to cook them. But anyway, you get the idea. So I'm just going to put a couple more things in here. And I didn't even do my broccoli, but I don't know if I have room. Maybe just one or two. I have to study where these can go. That is gorgeous. You know, it's it's that old adage that we eat with our eyes. And if you give people color, I just think we evolve to respond visually to color. It's probably foraging our, our ancient, ancient uh, Doug Lyle would be able to comment on that. But, you know, our ancestry way back when, when we needed to identify berries and fruits and whatever. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I'll hold it up for everybody. And even have, hang on, one more thing. You know, it's amazing. You didn't get one spot on your beautiful white chef coat. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. <laughs> I have these beautiful potatoes. I love the purpley ones because their color is so unique. Look at look at the color, the inside of these. They just I love the purple potatoes. Yeah, wow. they're just potatoes like eye popping, eye poppingly beautiful. So I have others too. But anyway, this this kind of gives you an idea of you know just a refreshing, cool fun supper uh, to stay cool and because uh, it's so darn hot and people are melting and to give everybody some some relief so that they uh, they can survive you know, this summer and the weather that awaits all of us as as we go down this the unknown future that we are all facing right now so do you teach any classes Kathy um, I used to, uh, pre-COVID, I held classes here. I had permission from the health department in my little town to um, to actually hold them right out of my kitchen. And I did that for five years, you know, for quite a while. I did some personal chefing as well. And I also will travel. People have, a, you know, have a group that they want an educational experience and a, and a tasting I'm more than happy, you know, within geographic limits. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be doing a um, some uh, talks and some cooking demos at the best conf the best plant based conference ever is its its name of this conference, which is coming up in um, right outside of Dallas uh, on on uh, uh, September 30th. I'll be there. The, the conference is the 30th and October 1st. And um, there'll be a number of people there and um, I'll be doing some some cooking and 
hopefully everybody will be eating um, at this fun in Richardson, uh, Texas. I was invited to that, but I'm going to be a true North at that time. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll miss you. Aww. I would love to learn just the styling of the food, the way you do it. This is, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think when you take your own photo photographs, my husband Giordano does the photography and I do the food styling and we kind of, we play with food a lot. Um, it, if you have any kind of, um, you know, you develop a sense of color and, and composition and that's all you really need uh, for designing your dishes is, you know, uh, uh, even an art class. If you, if you have no background in any of that and you want to present your foods in an attractive way, you know, just be learning a little bit about color theory. I mean, nothing technical, nothing highly trained, just a little bit of exposure so you understand composition and negative space and, you know, how to balance things so that it draws people in and looks not cluttered, but looks attractive um, and what colors go with each other or complement or contrast and how that can play off each other. I, you know, I think that's, uh, that's all it really takes. And, uh, and that would be fun to do too. You know, who doesn't like an art class? Um, I love art and arts and crafts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. That's my favorite. And, you know, if people for whatever reason wanted a different dip, they could still do this idea that you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just, you know, raw and cooked vegetables, mix it up. It can be seasonal, you know, just imagine in the fall, um, you know, when you have, I mean, we have many things year round, but when things are the sweetest, when you have your cabbages, which are super sweet and beets are super sweet and, you know, things when the first frost comes in, if you, if you get a frost where you are, you know, uh, and with the fall fruits, you can do fruits and vegetables and platters. And again, there's so many variations uh, with dressings that you can do using uh, tofu, you know, silken or soft tofu as a base or your homemade yogurts as a base it works beautifully as well, just a little bit different. And you can make them spicy or you can make them, you know, ethnically oriented. We, you could do an Indian inspired one or a Mexican inspired one, depending on what you're serving. You know, you can tweak it to your occasion if there's a holiday that you're cooking for. Um, so it's never boring, you know, there's always beautiful, beautiful foods out there to play with. And uh, yeah, and so good for us too. What do you eat for lunch, breakfast, dinner every day, Kathy? It's not that exciting, I have to. <laughs> That's okay, we still wanna know. <laughs> well, you know, I don't always have, I'm not hungry in the morning. Um, but so, and I'm, you know, like many people, I'm trying to, um, you know, do sort of a, I guess it's not really, you know, time restricted eating so that we have our suppers early if we don't have social things going on and, uh, and we have our breakfast, if we have breakfast late, you know, just to open that window of time, um, which is so good for, for, you know, autophagy and, you know, just longevity issues. Um, but if I do have breakfast, uh, I often just have fruit with flaxseed, you know, I'll have frozen, um, you know, de defrosted or microwave frozen blueberries or, and strawberries, sometimes frozen cherries, uh, with a little mixture of a couple of seasonings. I'll get my, uh, 
you know, it's a real hodgepodge of, of nutritional things. Um, with flaxseed, that's how I get my daily omega-3s and I just do a little mix and maybe with a, a baby banana because that's a lot of food. Um, and it's so filling um, that certainly fills me up uh, to lunchtime. Lunchtime is often classically just something with beans and greens. That's so simple. Um, and that's Giordano's favorite. He doesn't even want chili or anything, you know, cooked and developed, just, just different varieties of beans. And we mix it up all the time. Uh, and any kind of leafy green that, uh, you know, kales and collards and, and uh, um, uh, broccoli, rab and uh, whatever, you know, just uh, um, chard or, you know, but it's mostly, you know, the long leafy greens, lacinato kale or something. Um, and then, uh, and, you know, I might have green tea in the afternoon. My favorite green tea is a it's, a, I don't know if you know it, it's a, it's a, it's, I, I've tasted it and I never could find it because I didn't know the name of it. And finally I discovered it in a restaurant and they could identify it. And it's called Genmacha or Genmaicha, G-E-N-M-A-I-C-H-A perhaps, or I'm not sure if that second I is there, but it's a mixture of green tea and, and uh, roasted or toasted uh, brown rice. Um, and so it's got this very unique toasty aroma. Anyway, it's it's just, it's my favorite uh, at the moment, green tea. You know, I often have decaf in the morning. Um, so I should say that, uh, decaf coffee, um, but just a cup really. And we might have a little espresso decaf that Giordano makes beautifully in our little espresso maker um, after lunch. And then our dinners are usually something I'm cooking because I'm experimenting and, you know, testing something. And so that's where I tend to get creative is at dinner time or if I have a party or event to do something for. What do you like better, cooking or baking? Or you like savory dishes or dessert better? Oh, I'm not, I don't have a huge sweet tooth. Um, if I ever did, I certainly don't anymore. But um, I love baking sourdough bread. So my 100% uh, whole whole wheat sourdough is, I, we don't do it all that often. We used to, you know, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable if you knew Tuscan culture, you know, bread is like every Italian, you know, especially from that part of Italy. Um, but we've sort of don't do that anymore um, and don't really desire it, but we make a little sourdough bowl every couple of weeks. Um, and that's fun to do. And I love to do, you know, experiment with um, with whole grains and fruits, you know, for desserts, if I do desserts. Um, but I don't do a ton of them, uh, usually for special occasions. Um, so I'd say I'm more cooking than baking, but I enjoy both. It's just, you know, I just don't desire that many sweets. Well, that's probably a good thing, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, would people be able to get that recipe or is there only in the book the, of the dip you made? Um, this dip is actually with the greens. I, it's nowhere. I haven't really done it. I might put, I might put this dish out on and people will find it on my website. Eventually, maybe it will go in, in the uh, new book, the classic mayonnaise. I really shouldn't share it is in the, uh, in the cookbook. 
And um, if people want to follow you, are you on any social media sites? I'm sure you're going to give me everything I can put below the video. In yeah, yeah, the yeah. It's kathyskitchen.com, www, you know, no apostrophe. That's my Instagram uh, handle, I guess you'd say. You know, people can find me on Facebook and, um, and my website. People can sign up every month. I put out a little newsletter with my latest recipes and anything news and, and you know, exciting in the nutritional or environmental space that, you know, I think people should know about. Right. Well, thank you. It's really fun watching you prepare food. You make it look so easy. Oh, well, thank you. You're kind. Um, <laughs> I, I hope people try it. I hope they enjoy it. And uh, I hope people can stay cool and enjoy their summers. Great. Thank you so much, Kathy. Ciao. Ciao. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for another great show. Take care, everyone.